welcome back to our Book Talk segment of the show. Great to welcome today, man. I've been looking forward to actually talking to uh, for quite a while. We've emailed back and forth, but uh, he has a brand new book out. He's a radio guy, and always great to talk to radio guys. And, of course, you've heard him on ABC Radio Network. has done uh, celebrity interviews and uh, newsmaker interviews for many years. He also worked at the iconic great New York radio station, WNEW, 1130 New York. We'll talk about that as well. But uh, the brand new book he has out is called 50 Years of Celebrity Chatter, or the time I interviewed a porn star, Nick, would welcome Bill Adil to the show today. And uh, Bill, it's been a long time since we've uh, uh, had, a, we've never gotten a chance to talk, but uh, we've emailed back and forth, but great to have a chance to chat with you today. How are you? I am doing fine. We're expecting a snowstorm up here. Uh, I'm sure that where you are, it'll be nice and sunny and warm. It's, actually, it's going to be cold this weekend for Florida standards in the 30s at night one day, but uh, I'm glad I'm not living up there in the winter anymore. I, I don't miss the winter part. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for the for the plug for my new book. This is actually my second book. I did another one in 2017. Right. Called Stay Tuned, My Life Behind the Mic. But this new one is kind of more, how shall I say it, a little more fun to do because I went back to some old reel-to-reel tapes, audio tapes. You know what those are. I remember them well. And, yeah. yeah, and cassettes and things like that. And I had the actual interviews, and I could take quotes from them and give this uh, book a, a little more, how shall I say, spice, some spice of life. Uh, and, of course, that, uh, that uh, secondary line in the opening of the book, uh, uh, the time I interviewed a porn star naked, uh, I guess I can tell your audience, uh, I had all my clothes on. <laughs> she didn't, though, in the picture, at least in no, the book. That was, <laughs> that, that was Mar- Marilyn Chambers, and she was the long, young, fresh-faced girl on the ivory snow box. Right. And then Fracker and Campbell found out, oh, my God. God, she's a porn star. <laughs> and, and needless to say, they were unhappy and they fired her. And so my editor, I had now gone to the big network, ABC, and this is 1973, and my editor said, Bill, get down to the Pussycat Cinema in Times Square. Marilyn Chambers is doing interviews. <laughs> so I got, I got down there, and her manager met me at the door. And he said, I'll take you inside, and you could interview her. But uh, when I got in there, she was stark naked. And uh, a Reuters photographer took a picture of me. My wife always jokes I look like a deer in the headlights. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sitting there interviewing Marilyn Chambers all naked. I actually met her down here in Sarasota, uh, kind of in between uh, radio work. I-, I worked over at the airport. At, uh, actually hurt to rent a car. This was in the early 90s. And she actually came in and rented a car. She came to the counter, and I, I saw the license, and said, oh, that, that's, yeah, that's who I think it is. And she she actually rented a car from us. She uh, I guess she was on vacation down there. This was long after she quit the business, I guess. <laughs> yeah, the interview was behind, the uh, movie was behind the green door. Right, that's a famous and, movie uh, she did, right? Yeah, but that's what really uh, turned Procter uh, & Gamble off. And they were going to touch her now with a 10-foot pole. Yeah, she had kind of a sad ending, I know, too. But uh, at that time, she looked like she was, you know, she had a little daughter, I believe, with her at the time. And it uh, seemed like a happy family life, at least <laughs> the few minutes I interacted at that point. But uh, interesting yeah, she, uh, person to interview, I imagine. Uh, difficult to look at somebody with no clothes on and try and make believe you don't notice. <laughs> <laughs> she died in her, I think, early 50s. 
Yeah, uh, right. living in a trailer park out in Santa Monica, California. Yeah, sad, sad so that's, that's why Maryland Chambers uh, uh, opening. Yeah, and, and just then for the audience that's not aware, I mentioned before, of course, Bill uh, worked in radio his whole career, but uh, ABC Radio Network, and that's where we primarily did uh, most of these interviews, right, uh, on the network. Yeah, by the time I had uh, left WNEW, thank you for mentioning it, it was a great music and news station with some great disc jockeys, William B. Williams, Ted Brown, Jim Lowe. I think you interviewed Jim. Had Lowe. Jim on, yeah, he was great, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so... Uh, Speaking of Behind the Green uh, Door. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of his big hits, in wasn't the, it? In the, <laughs> in the early 70s... Uh, WNEW was starting to uh, change their music format. They wanted a, what they hoped would be a bigger audience. And so they started playing what William B. Williams called Chicken Rock. And he hated it, but he played it anyway. Uh, but then I found out there was an opening at uh, ABC, and I got the job uh, in 1971. But by then, when I got to the network, I found out, my goodness, so they've got some programs I could bring in some big movie stars mm. and do interviews. Uh, they had a thing called Meet the Newsmaker and Meet the Author. Uh, I was still doing newscasts. But this was just terrific. And so people, you know, like uh, 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 Jerry Lewis came in, Robin Williams, Jane Fonda. You know, I was like a, a kid in a toy shop here having a great time and it wasn't until the early 80s that they sent me out to cover the academy awards and then i really went full-time covering celebrities so that's where it really you know started to started to happen of all the movies you've done uh, do you have a favorite by the yes. way yes nutty professor that's it well it was it was uh, <laughs> it was 10 years out of my life i wrote that in 10 years if you can fathom that the creative process is such that I put in as much love, as much energy, as much sweat, as much ability and everything that I, I try to do the best I can with everything. And then when you get old enough and look around, you see a lot of men never, ever get it. Then you recognize the gift you have. I believe I'm a good man. I like what I've become in spite of what anyone will say. And I get stronger with the more heat I take. For some reason, I get stronger. I come back. I will never roll over and play dead. So for those that are trying, they might as well go to someone else. Jerry Lewis turning 90. Reporting for Perspective, I'm Bill Deal, ABC News. The great thing about the radio, I think even television to some extent, but radio in particular, and even on my level where I primarily did it uh, a little bit in New York, but mostly here in Sarasota and, and Tampa Bay, when you're on radio, you get to do these, uh, like, press tours, at least on radio, where they'll offer you people that you don't expect to get sometimes, and uh, it's a lot of fun uh, that you don't expect. A lot of people I talked to, I didn't, you know, we weren't a major market station. We were okay, but we got some big people just locally. So it's, it's, that's what's great about radio. I think celebrities are more inclined to do that than television at, at times. At least they feel more comfortable, right? I think you're right. Uh, however... Uh, while I did some press tours, which sometimes you'd only be able to interview some of the big stars in a hotel room, right. uh, I could get people to come right into the studio. That's when it was really wonderful and intimate. Yeah, yeah. We usually got a lot of phone, obviously, but sometimes we'd get them in 
in in town if, if they were in town they'd come in studio but uh now these interviews again uh, aired uh, across i guess the, the multiple of abc networks at the time right you use i know you use them in your newscast but also uh the networks had several shows they would kind of cut them up and use uh, selections right yeah i had my own show called bill deal spotlight right so while a few of these interviews might get a, a little brief mention in a newscast for some reason uh the other interviews really went out in a, a 15-minute program called Meet the Newsmaker. So people like uh, Tom Hanks came into the studio. I mentioned Robin Williams, Jerry Lewis. Uh, Tom Hanks, uh, when he was a young actor, can I tell a story here? Sure. <laughs> Tom Hanks, when he was a, a, a young actor trying to get work, uh, he told me, he said, my first gig was a night rack movie. It was filmed on Staten Island. He said he got 800 bucks to do it. <laughs> uh, the movie was called He Knows You're Alone. Uh, the story, the plot line, a woman in the kitchen sees a, a knife rack uh, nearby. It's empty. It's missing. And I, I told Hank, I said, uh, you had that uh, boy next door look. He said, yeah, but when the boy next door is Ted Bundy, <laughs> oh man! <laughs> but uh, you know, Hank uh, is married, still married to a lovely lady, Rita Wilson. Right. She once told me, she said, "Tom is a force of nature," and he was just one of the sweetest guys I've ever interviewed. Loved this man. I think he moved to Greece, though. At least that's what I've read. Is that? Have you heard that? Or that uh, that what? That he moved to, to the uh, Greece. Oh, I have not heard. I, I read that. I don't know. Last year, a couple of times uh, that that he did that. I don't know if it's true or not, but uh, that that's what I thought. So, which is, I think she, I think his wife is is Greek heritage. Maybe that's why, but or maybe just partially. Yeah. But I thought they said he moved there, you know, full time, unless he's you know traveling to make a movie. But anyway, yeah, maybe uh, to get away, get away from COVID too. Probably could be. Yeah, yeah. And just looking down the list, I mean, the book has, uh, you know an index at the back where you have all the people that you've talked to. I, I went through it just to kind of see if I've talked to how many I may have talked to over the years. I think I counted about 15 or 20 that I have of your list, but you, I'll, I'll have to live a long time to catch up to you. <laughs> there are hundreds of them. Yes. That book just has a, a few of them. One of them uh, is, uh, if you're talking about a female star, one of my favorite singers is uh, Bernadette Peters. Oh, I love her. Uh, yeah. Yeah, she is a sweetheart. Uh, she was once on Saturday Night Live, and the NBC censors were really upset that she wanted to sing this song, When You're Making Love Alone. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, for your listeners, I can't believe they don't understand what that means, but it was about masturbation. And she did sing it, despite the censors. Uh <laughs> But uh, it was quite something that she got. I away saw her with. sing that on the Tonight Show. I think I, I think she sang it on Johnny Carson too. I remember hearing it. Uh, I think she oh, sang yeah. it there too. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I wanted to get her on. She's been down to Sarasota, off you know, several times over the years, but uh, couldn't get her on. She's she's kind of a shy woman. She doesn't do a lot of interviews, unless she's performing, right? Yeah. On TV, I mean. She did a nice one with me. Yeah. And, uh, she actually lived up the street from our ABC studios, and I did get to stop by at her apartment once. And uh, so she is, she's just lovely, lovely. 
Uh, if you want to know what the worst interviews were, uh, Harrison Ford, surprisingly, was not a, a great interview. Most of the answers were like, oh, yeah, right. Uh, uh-huh, right. Thank you. Right. Uh, very disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen him do, like, the brief interviews they do, and he seems kind of a one-word answer kind of a guy that I've seen. So, yeah, that, that's not too surprising. Yeah, some actors are like that. They're, they're not comfortable doing it. Yeah. yeah. But then you take somebody like Sean Connery, and the day I interviewed him, a CBS camera crew was doing a feature a day in the life of Sean Connery. And uh, I, you probably know his first film was Dr. No right. in 1962. And so I asked him, I said, uh, when they were casting, uh, I heard there was, uh, Ian Fleming was thinking of Terry Grant, the star. Connery confirmed that story, but he said that would have been so unrealistic. Uh, the budget back then was going to be a million dollars for the movie. That wouldn't <laughs> even have paid Terry Grant's airfare. That's right. <laughs> I watched that not too long ago. I had not seen that movie in a while. And, and you look at it compared to the most recent James Bond, it is pretty pretty mild as far as the uh, you know the special effects and all that. There's really hardly any. It's, it's really, and now it's yeah. just all chase scenes and special effects. So big difference. He, yeah, he hated the hardware. Uh, that's, the, that's the later movies, uh, you know. Yeah, it's gone overboard now. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the new ones either. No. Yep. There's, there's a new TV series now on CNN. I don't know if you've seen this, but it's about Marilyn Monroe. And I never met her, uh, Doug, but Tony Curtis, uh, he was in Some Like a Cot right. with Marilyn Monroe. And I asked him about kissing Marilyn. <laughs> this was a shocker, Doug. He said it was like kissing cement. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard him say it was like kissing Hitler. I've heard that quote from yeah. him. I don't <laughs> Say, let's talk about some of the comedians. They're, they're usually fun. I, I had a chance to talk to Carl Reiner at one time, and I think he was 90 then, and he was sharp as ever. And uh, talk about some of the favorite comedians you've talked to. Yeah, I interviewed uh, Mel Brooks uh, and George Burns a couple of times. Mel, of course, uh, the comedian, and uh, but uh, Brooks is, believe it or not, 95 now, yeah, and still work, still working. My uh, wife uh, wrote a book about the old Horn and Hard Art Automat. Remember that? Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, and they are doing a documentary now on the Automat uh, coming out next month. My wife is in it, but the big star is Mel Brooks. He not only wrote an Automat song, but he is singing in the film. Uh, <laughs> it will eventually, yeah, he sings an Automat song. It will eventually be on television, the movie. But uh, at first, only in, in theaters. So we'll have to wait for that. I remember the tail end of them as a kid. I remember going to Horn and Hard Art. I think there were still some around then. You know, my dad would have, mom would take me in. So they, yeah, I guess they went away, what, late 60s, early 70s, right? Yep, yep. Rodney Dangerfield, uh, this is a funny story, uh, Doug. He lived near me on Manhattan's Upper East Side, and he had a dog, Tino. Uh, and in his bathrobe, he used to walk yeah. his dog <laughs> on, the, heard of that, on yeah. the sidewalk. And the neighbors would you know, see him. It was, it was uh, just a regular thing for him. 
Now, I had to interview him at his apartment, uh, and there is a photo of him in his bathrobe in my book. But we were just a, a one-on-one, so there was no one to take a picture with him. But I did try to get a photo with him in the bathrobe. And, uh, <laughs> he, he loved to, to tell dog jokes. You know, he had a little nightclub nearby sure. on the Upper East Side. Field. Just closed, I heard, about a year ago, right? Finally finally closed, I think. Yeah, it's closed now. Yeah. But uh, in his routine, he would use the dog jokes, uh, one that I always loved. Uh, with my dog, he said, I get no respect. He keeps barking at the door. He doesn't want to leave. He wants me to leave. <laughs> I was going to say, how was he? Because whenever he went on Tonight's Show, and he was brilliant on that, the panel part would be just more of his act, which was great. But you never really got a chance to hear Rodney like talk, you know, kind of introspectively. Did you get any of that from him when you talked to him? No, I didn't get an awful lot out of him. Yeah, you mean as far as just a one-on-one? Yeah, I, you never. Nobody's ever heard it. I just wonder because he, he was kind of a sad man from what you read uh, off stage, or at least a quiet man. But yeah, you never heard much about him I, that he I, talked about. Yeah, he was very quiet when I when I did the interview. Uh, Robin Williams, there's just a, it's a sad story, you know. Uh, he took his own life yeah. at the end. Uh, but he was such a funny man. Uh, there was a, a comedy club up the street here on the east side called Patch Rising Star. And uh, so I went over there, met his manager, and I gave him my business card. And I said, I'd really like to interview Robin Williams. And he said, well, I don't know. He said he's pretty busy. But he said, uh, give me your card. And uh, I went back to the newsroom at ABC, and the next day, uh, the phone rings. Hi, Bill Deal? Yep. Bobby Williams here. You still want to do that interview? I said, of course. He said, I'll be right over. Wow. That was just such a pleasure, you know. Interview him. Love that man. Back in 1982, I was hosting my own show on ABC. At the end of the interview, I asked Robin if he would do a couple of promos for me. Here's how it went. Hello, this is Robin Williams, and I'll be this week's guest on Bill Deal Spotlight. I, I hope you'll join us right here on this ABC station. Bill Deal, big deal. Come on now, <laughs> join us. Hey, call me. We'll have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Please hold. Thank you. Howdy. This is Robin Williams. I hope you'll be listening for Bill Deal Spotlight right here on this ABC station. Billy Bob, Joe Jean, Carl Joe Jeff. Squeeze! Come on now, Betty. Get in the car. We're going to drive home. The Great Robin Williams, 1982. Reporting for Perspective, I'm Bill Deal, ABC News. I think everybody like that you read about said he was a nice man. He was, uh, you know, always on, though, right? He was... You know, he was, he was uh, I know other comedians sometimes thought he stole their jokes, but I think he just had that kind of mind that sucked everything up and it just came out uh, whenever he went on stage. He was that type of performer. Yeah, you know? yeah that's kind of the story, I think. Uh, you heard stories like that with a lot of comedians. They, they were not uh, the nicest people at all. Some of them, you know, they could be really mean-spirited yeah. uh, when they were not doing a show or something like that. Uh, let's see, uh, Woody Allen, uh, I met him a few times, interviewed him a few times. One question I did ask him, Doug, I said, what about your legacy? And uh, Allen, who's now, I think, 86, still married, by the way, to soon you. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he, he joked about my question. He said, uh, do you think Shakespeare carried about his legacy? 
<laughs> I know when you look back at all that scandal, that was what over thirty years ago now, and, you, and they're still married. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I interviewed. I interviewed some uh, besides Bernadette Peters. Uh, I did interview some big singers. Uh, I never got to interview Bing Crosby or Frank Sinatra. Right. I met Sinatra once and shook his hand. But I interviewed Catherine Crosby. This is a strange story. Uh, that was uh, his last wife, and uh, and so she told me. She said Bing had a thing for nineteen-year-olds. I said, what? <laughs> when they married, he was more than 30 years her senior. But she said Ben wanted her to be an act-told mother. And so when she started to do some acting, he was impossible, she said. And she said, I destroyed a lot of furniture over those arguments. <laughs> you, you, about Ben Crosby, you, you hear some stories uh, that, uh, he was kind of difficult to get close to. Even the people that loved him, like Rosemary Clooney, I've heard her in an interview say that. He was uh, you know, a nice man, but very uh, off-camera, just kind of kept to himself, didn't he? Yeah, yeah I think uh, he was the greatest father to some of his kids. Uh, so they didn't have, always have a great relationship. Yeah, the first family. The, fir- the first four kids did not, yeah. Yep. I, I guess the second family, and, not better, I would hope. I think yep. they were better, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And there's uh, Billy Crystal, uh, interviewed him a few times. Long Island guy, he yeah. Once did a, yeah, he once did a show in Moscow, Doug. Uh, they loved it, uh, and he got lots of applause. And after he finished, he said, are there any more like you? Uh, he said, there are plenty. And he did the <laughs> opening of his act in Russian, so that was pretty, pretty cool. I remember seeing that, yeah, that special he did, right? He went over there, and uh, but I didn't remember until I read your book that he actually did the first part in, in Russian. But uh, yeah, great, great, great talent, yeah. yeah. And uh, Phyllis I just wanted. Diller, uh, how about Phyllis Diller? Okay, yeah, I was going to say Phyllis Diller, uh, another classic comedian. Uh, seemed like a nice woman. Yeah, yeah, she was nice. They're all nice, uh, you know, when you're with them in those certain circumstances. You know, they're they're promoting something usually. Sure. Uh, and so most of these interviews were like that. Diller uh, <laughs> once said, I've had two Facebooks. If I had another one, it'll be by Cesare. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people didn't realize uh, that she was a great piano player, too. I didn't know that till later on in her career, but she was a, a very talented piano player. Yeah. It's a funny Dick Cabot story. When Dick was uh, just starting out in his career, uh, he had some jokes, and so in those days, uh, you could walk into NBC when there was no hardly any security. But if you knew where someone was, uh, you could walk in. So he walked in and had a bunch of jokes in his hand, and he sees Jack Parr coming down a hallway, and he tells Parr, he says, "Hey, I've got some good jokes for you." <laughs> and Parr said, "Yeah, fine, I'll take them. Thank you." And that night on the Tonight Show, Cabot was astounded when Jack Parr read one of his jokes. <laughs> back in back in that period, uh, pirates were taking over cruise ships uh, and hijacking them. And so Parr said on the show, he said, "There's this uh, you know thing going on now with pirates taking over cruise ships." He said, "Can't you just see it?" He says, "Over the loudspeaker system." This is your pirate speaking. (laughs) (laughs) 
I was going to say, oh, Bill, Bill Deal is our guest, and the book is 50 Years of Celebrity Chatter, but uh, I don't think anybody else, maybe with the exception of one man you interviewed, too, who we lost about a year ago, Larry King did as many celebrity interviews, or just interviews in general as you did, and you talked to him. Uh, I had a chance to talk to him yeah. once. Uh, what was he like? Yeah, Larry King, a lot of people used to complain to him that uh, he, you know, did softball questions to all of his guests, but, but uh, darn it, you know, he sure got to interview some of the biggies. There's, yeah. there's no doubt about it. And uh, he was, but in an interview, he wasn't that good. Often, you know, some of these people you think are going to be, you know, terrific to talk to. They're not that, not that, that yet. But, uh, you know, uh, he wasn't, uh, you know, gone for too long, but, uh, how many marriages? He had about three or four. I think, I, I think the you count know. was around eight. <laughs> when he died, I think they said it was <laughs> about eight. One, he married twice. I know that. So maybe it was yeah, seven. I seven. Was, <laughs> yeah. I was asked about he remembered. He said, uh, well, he said, I think he says I'd left a, a mark. Uh, but he, I, I'm an agnostic, he said. I'm not sure what's coming. <laughs> I just love the business I, I did, you know. Uh, but... Uh, you know, he died in, uh, yeah, 2021. I think it was a year, about a year ago, right? Right. Yeah. Well, that type of radio that he did, and that, of course, the type of radio you did, Bill, uh, unfortunately, uh, is uh, almost extinct. That you know, that traditional kind of talk radio interview type of shows, uh, you find them on podcasts now. But good luck finding that on the airwaves anywhere anymore, right? That's true. Yeah. By, by the way, uh, I got some lovely blurbs for the book. Uh, if you look at the back page, you know. Robert Walters was really, really nice. Leonard Moulton, the film critic, yep. gave me some nice uh, comments. Walters, you know, she began her career on the Today Show back in the early 60s. Right. And her, uh, she was the daughter of nightclub owner Lou Walters. But Barbara was not always the best interview. I got to know her quite well. But uh, I'll tell you one quick story. Uh, Barbara once uh, started out uh, in a nice interview. And then she said to me, she said, Bill, I think I can do it better the second time. So stop the tape. Let's do it again. <laughs> so, but she was precise. I mean, you could tell she wanted to do it her way. That, that was Margaret. She's 92 now. Yeah. And not doing very well, I understand. But, uh, boy, she had a great career, though. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's not in the best, best of health. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up, Bill, and again, we want to, people to get the book, 50 Years of Celebrity Chatter is the name of the book, or the time I interviewed a porn star naked, but we briefly talked about it before, WNEW, and uh, I've had a chance, like we said down here, to uh, talk to uh, a couple of people that have been on it, of course, Jim Lowe and uh, our mutual friend Mike Eisdraw, and now, now you, uh, it's, it's one of those stations that uh, kind of everybody remembers that grew up listening to it, like myself. But uh, sadly, that's another thing that's gone, that type of radio, that music and uh, news yeah, and talk. Yeah. It's not the, not the radio you and I grew up with, you know. Uh, but uh, we'll always have a WNEW, one of the great stations. You can even, you got any old station breaks? You can play. <laughs> <laughs>
Boy, I, I, when I do some of the shows that uh, plays that kind of music, I do a podcast with it. I, I found a couple, actually, WNEW jingles, so I throw those in just to kind of, uh, you know, bring those memories back. But, uh, boy, what a what a great time that was. And uh, you had a chance to be part of that, but uh, we'll, we'll always have it in our memories, I guess. Anytime, any place, any W. Any W, that's right. <laughs> well, Bill, a real pleasure. I know I kept you longer than I said, but we could talk for hours on this, and uh, we want people to get this book, uh, 50 Years of Celebrity Chatter, all the great interviews that uh, you've done, kind of little vignettes uh, along the way, and uh, just out, I guess, uh, where, where's the best place people can get it? I guess all those usual spots, right? The book is on Amazon, and uh, I think it's like $12.95. won't set you back a lot. And there's an ebook for seven ninety five if you like the ebooks. So it's out there and it's a nice nice little book. I had a great time doing it. I'm Stan Brock. 30 years ago, I formed Remote Area Medical to help people overseas. But then we found generations of families in America isolated by poverty from the health care they need. Together, we can take dental, vision, and medical help to a million adults and their kids right here at home in the United States of America. <laughs> 